Welcome to Resilience Unraveled. Hi everybody and welcome to Resilience Unraveled, a podcast that examines all aspects of personal and organisational resilience. A huge all-encompassing subject that covers the ability to thrive in life by harnessing your cognitive, emotional, physiological and contextual abilities. I share stories from people who have thrived despite remarkable obstacles, as well as highly successful practitioners and experts across a range of topics. And this podcast introduces their amazing stories and expertise, as well as my own reflections, perspectives, strategies and tips, which come from my own synthesis of themes and trends from wider learning. You can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and eBooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com. Then search for Resilience Space Unraveled. So, let's get started. Enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to Resilience Unraveled. In fact, welcome back to Resilience Unraveled on nearly 200 episodes now. And tonight I'm delighted to be um, welcoming Jennifer Crowley, but I know she likes to be called Jen because it's more informal and it's more relaxed. So hi, Jen, how are you? I am well, Russell, and thank you so much for inviting me to join you in the chat today. No problem. And I can tell by your accent that you're not local to me. So tell me where in the world are you? That's correct. I am coming to you from Chicago, Illinois, right next to the lake in the middle of the United States. Yeah, fantastic city, brilliant city. Well, um, I'm in a, a different part of the world today and in a, in a very strange place, uh, not in my normal studio. So if you hear a creaky chair, it's just a, a chair that's creaking. It's not my legs falling off. So anyway, let's make it start. So Jen, tell me a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. Um, I am 48 years old. I have a, um, a single son. I have an only child. I am also an only child. Uh, I am an author, which has been absolutely thrilling, a certified life coach and a leadership consultant. That's who I am as I appear today with you. Sounds good. And um, tell me a little bit about your story. What, what's your, your background and where do you come from? Because I know we're going to talk a lot about coaching and change, but let's have a little bit of a thumbnail uh, thumbnail sketch of your career today that'd be interesting yeah absolutely absolutely um so i think a good place to start would be me in my 30s and the person that i was uh, i had the life that i thought i was supposed to have i was married i had a son i had a big time job uh, as the vice president and general manager of a wine distributorship so i was in the wine industry and i had a bunch of stress and anxiety that went along with kind of all the hats that i was wearing um, I had a lovely six-year kind of character-building period of time that started with the breast cancer diagnosis of my mother. My father was in a pretty horrific motorcycle accident just a oh. few years later. They are both well. They are both retired to Florida and living a fantastic life, but there were a challenging few years there, and being an only child, I was the one there to support them. Just as all of that had happened, the president of the company that I was working for was diagnosed with stage four cancer and died very suddenly. And I was already, you know, pretty fried emotionally and physically because 
my job was incredibly demanding and uh, I had a six-year-old son at that point in time and I really was not taking great care of myself. So just when all of that ended, my big time job that had really come to define me, uh, that company was sold to a larger international organization and things got really interesting during the integration period over the next few years. So as I was crossing over into my 40s, I began fighting for everything every single day. I was fighting for more resources at work to kind of meet the demands of the growing and larger organization. I was fighting to get more time with my son. I was really struggling in my marriage at that point in time. And it just got to the point where it made sense to have two houses filled with love than one full of anger and bitterness for my son. So I went through a divorce at the age of 41 in the middle of absolutely everything else. So, you know, interesting uh, eight to nine year period of time. Yeah. The great thing that came out of that is that I started taking much better care of myself was eating well, I was juicing, I was meditating, I was connecting with the people around me. And it was incredibly important. You know, I had said that the sale of the company had really exposed weaknesses in everyone's personal and professional lives. I was not immune from that. But I did have a great opportunity to become kind of a coach and mentor to the people around me at work as we were going through all of this. And I was a confidant and it seemed like I began to realize that I had these gifts. People were incredibly comfortable around me and I think I helped them be very vulnerable. They would come into my office and they would sit down, they would close the door and really kind of bare their souls to me about, you know, kind of work-centered anxiety and frustration or what was happening with their, their spouses or what was happening with their kids or maybe they wanted to leave the wine industry. And I really loved these conversations, trying to help people at that point in time really became what I wanted to happen the majority of my day. So about six years after that company had sold to that larger organization, I can remember walking out of a meeting and it was probably a string of meetings. And you know, I wasn't as engaged as I had been years and years ago. And I walked into my office and I said out loud, it's not supposed to be this hard. And I was really talking about not only work, but my home life and everything else. I walked into my boss's office that same day and said, that's it. I'm leaving my 20 year career in the wine business is over. And at 45 years old, I had to figure out what was going to happen next because I had no idea. Um, interesting. So, so that sounds quite rash if it was just on the spur of the moment like that, or, or actually had there been quite a lot of planning. It's so yeah, I tend to, uh, things tend to simmer on the back burner in my mind. And I yes. had, I, I just knew something else had to happen. But at that point, I had planned nothing. I told myself that I needed to take three months off and not even think about my next step and decompress. It was, it was that first thing I needed to do to get my head as clear as possible. So, so how do you come to that decision then? You know, you're saying it's, it can't be this hard, it can't be this hard, but mm -hmm. you've been part of that process, haven't you? So, so how does that work? To, to make the decision to leave? No, to have been part of the hard process. The, to have been part of the process after yes. the sale of the company? No, 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 well, you're saying everything was too hard. Mm -hmm. um, but you're part of that process of things being hard. It, it, so I'm just intrigued to 
to see your decision was to move away from it rather than to fix it. I just wonder how, how that works. And that's absolutely. Thank you for clarifying. Um, I, that was a great comment. And I will tell you that when that new company had come in, at that point, I had already known that I wasn't as excited about the business and I could have very easily stepped away. But I made the decision then that I wasn't going to allow this to get me. And I really leaned into it as much as I could. I made great connections. I made a name for myself. You know, I had this kind of regional position and I was going to fight it and I was going to make it and it wasn't going to get the best of me until it did. So I had already done that fight. I had already kind of checked that box to say, you know what, I'm not just going to walk away. And I felt like I had overcome everything that I needed to. And that's when I needed to leave. My, my son needed me. It had been a tumultuous few years with the divorce and everything else. And he was graduating from eighth grade. And I knew that in four years, he would be out the door at college. And I didn't want to miss out on an opportunity to connect with him in ways that I hadn't in years. So it's about resetting priorities is that, or a set of perspective, maybe? Is that the idea? Absolutely, 100%. And again, I think it just goes back to I really thought I was supposed to be stressed. I thought I was supposed to struggle and fight. I thought I was supposed to stick it out in my marriage and kind of make it through with my son. And I was supposed to be stressed and I wasn't supposed to be unhappy about it. I should have just been happy that I had this big job and, you know, I was making a good salary and all of those other things. And I will tell you, there, there were definitely people in my life who said, why would you leave? Why would you do that? You had everything that you should have had. And I wasn't happy. And that was the long and the short of it. I wasn't happy and I needed to take the back half of my life and be much happier and find a way to help other people. That was the other piece that had been missing in what I was doing. So, so how did you make the decision to go into coaching? Because a lot of people... Um, seem to see that as a as a career is it just because it's a way of encapsulating lots of different things it's sort of a, a term that doesn't mean a lot therefore it can mean everything in a funny sort of way possibly I, I didn't make a leap right to coaching after that three-month period where I said I wasn't going to do anything I started consulting it was such an easy step to leadership consulting to um, help you know primarily men at that point in time kind of build out organizations. Most of them were entrepreneurs and startups. So that was an easy step. And I was helping them, but I wasn't helping them with that capital H. And, you know, I started looking around at different options. What else could I do? And I will say that, you know, going back to school and getting a master's in social work was something that had come up. But I really took a look at that and said, it's going to take a lot of money and a lot of time for me to directly help people as quickly as possible. And so after doing a lot of research, just one day after looking at coaching a few times, I said, you know what, this keeps coming up. It keeps coming up on all these lists for career changers over 40. Why don't I give it a shot? And so just as COVID was setting in last year in the middle of March, I was taking a life coach certification course at night and I absolutely loved it. It was it, it was as if someone had lit a fire inside of me. Just the amount of enthusiasm and energy that I was creating was fantastic. It was, it was like the universe had shown me the sign, like this is the way for you to go. 
Mm. You need to take everything that you've done and everything that you've been through, and you need to share your story and you need to help people in this way. And I guess um, you've, you've done the full set as well, haven't you? Because you've actually written a book as well. Could you tell us a bit about that? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so I, I started coaching about a month after I started that certification course. And, you know, the women that I was attracting, they were very similar to me. A lot of them had a lot on their plate. They were stressed. They weren't taking care of themselves. So in the traditional coaching model, you know, you lead your client to talk about the things that are going to work for them. And that's how they find happiness and next steps and things like that. But I was having a hard time fitting in, like, how am I going to teach someone how to meditate on a regular basis and hold them accountable and, and you know, raise their vibrational energy and those other things at the same time. So I started thinking, how am I going to come up with an organized way to present this? And then at the same exact time, I started writing this really kind of cathartic, twisted mess of kind of things that I had contended with since I was a child and the things that I had gone through in my 30s and 40s that you talked about originally. And I woke up on July 9th and those two worlds collided. And I said, I'm writing a book. And that was it. It just kind of poured out of me from there. So um, you've said a few times that you deal with women. Is it only women or do you deal with men as well? I just, I'm always intrigued by people that just only deal with one of the genders. No, absolutely. So what I would say is what I've written in my book, I have a very personal and, and female story. There's a lot about motherhood and your role in society and some other things. So my book is geared toward women, but I will tell you the nine steps that I lay out that help people prepare and create their plan for change is for anyone, male, female, at any age. I think, again, going back to my ability to helping people feel super comfortable, I feel like I just tend to attract women, but I have worked with men too. Cool. And so what is your, um, and so you're all about change. So tell me a bit about um, your approach to change. How, how, what are the sort of steps that you tend to use? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I have a scientific mind. I have a degree in microbiology. So I feel like, you know, I had these two halves inside of me. I've got that scientific process driven part of me. And then I have the like touchy feely universe and, and that piece that was inside of me too. But when I go to do something, <clears throat> pardon me, when I go to make changes, anything that I've done in my life, I've been very regimented and very process driven. So as I was beginning to think about how I was going to lay out the structure of this book, you know, there are three parts in the book. The first one is inspiration, and it has my story in it, and it is simply to inspire people to action, to get them ready to move forward with their own story of change. The second part of the book is called preparation, and there are six chapters, which are six steps, and they prepare people. You, they help them lay down a base of general good health. They encourage exercise, um, good nutrition. Um, I teach immediately how to journal, which is incredibly important, the importance of self-love. And then each step as I go through it, I talk about these things that are important when you're getting ready for change, and then teach immediately how to implement them. So there is, for example, step three, positivity and optimism are not dirty words. We talk about the importance of being positive and having belief that you're going to make changes. 
when we talk about how optimism takes it a step further with the work you're going to do and belief in a positive outcome. And that's all well and good too. But if you're a negative person, just reading that you need to be positive isn't going to help. So the next thing we do is we talk about if you want to be more optimistic, here are some steps to take. You need to actively recognize your negativity. You need to write it down. You need to stop your negative thoughts. So it's a step-by-step -step of very quickly, you need to do this and here's how you do it. So that you get into chapter four, which is where the steps begin. And within you know, half a chapter, you're already learning how to journal if it's not something you already know how to do. So it's very kind of regimented and each step builds on the previous one. There are things that you need to learn how to do, mindfulness and meditation, for example, before you can move on to the next chapter and the next step and use your inner voice, for example. So everything builds and builds and builds on each previous step. Interesting. And so what about, um, have you got any tips for journaling? Because a lot of people swear by it and a lot of people find it very difficult, aren't they? Don't they? I just wondered if you had a, a specific perspective on it. Any tips for journaling? Um, yeah. Yes. So I feel like when you're just starting to journal, just to get going, you definitely need to set a timer. You need to allow yourself to do and say anything in that period in any way you want. You can use a crayon, you can scribble, you can use all caps. You have to give yourself permission to put whatever you want on that page and to not judge yourself for it. One of the most important things that I think people don't regularly do is put a date on their journal is number one. And number two is you need to read what you've written when you're finished with it. Sometimes people think, oh, okay, I've gotten, I had this thing that I needed to work through and I've gotten it all out on the page and I'm just going to go on to the next thing. I think it's important for you to stop and take a read through it because there may be something in there if you don't need it immediately, it could be a future solution or something that is going to help you through something that could happen very quickly. So I think the, the dating so you can look back and see where you've been and encouraging people to read what they've written because it's one thing to get it out there. The second thing though is to absorb it. I think that's incredibly important. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting. I've found journaling, I've tried journaling a few times and I've never really got to grips with it, I suppose. So um, does it suit a particular style or a particular type of issue? Or what's your thoughts on that? That's interesting. Um, can I ask you what, what, what has kept you from journaling? Do you just not have the ability to get going? Do you feel... I'm, maybe it's not fair for me to turn around. I'm just curious. No, I just, um, I've just never, I've just never felt the compunction to actually sit down and write a lot. But I don't. Right. I mean, I spend a lot of my life writing, so some probably something's part of that. I was I going to say you may be getting yeah. it out in other ways. Yeah. Uh, so another thing that could be helpful for you or for other people who want to journal, you can get journal prompts online. You can also buy journals that have prompts already written in them, because I do know some people sit and they just don't know where to start. So you need to think through the things that are happening in your life, what's happening in your work, what's happening in your personal life, what's happening with your health, what's happening with anything else, and just kind of sit with it and see if there's something that comes up. But there are those prompts that can really get you going. 
You can also answer very simple questions like, I feel like, or I want to, or I wish, and just, you know, very short prompts that can kind of get your juices flowing and get you writing. Okay, interesting. Excellent. Okay. And so what's your, what's your system with coaching? Um, tell, me, tell me the process. If I was, you know, what, what sort of, what sort of issues do you typically tackle and how do you address them? Absolutely. So um, the, the issues are as widespread as and as varied as podcasts, going back to the conversation you and I had. Yeah. There, are, there are people who need better time management. There are people who need to go back to school because they never were able to achieve those things when they were younger because they were too busy raising you know, they were raising their kids and they were doing other things. So they get to, and I do tend to work with people who are 40 and over, women primarily, they get to this point and they say, maybe much like I did, wait a minute, I've got this great back half of my life and I still haven't done the things that I think are important. So there are a lot of situations like that. There are other women that I have coached that come in very similar to me. They're coming out of a corporate type background that kind of chewed them up and spit them out. They need something that's going to be more personally meaningful. So it's about their journey to finding what works for them. While they're kind of shedding the nine to fiver or whatever lives inside of them that made them say, well, no, I need to achieve and I need to you know, stick in this corporate situation that no longer works for me. So it's a lot of very open conversation. There are open-ended questions to really dig down to what do you really want? It's about what we want and what we need. And I know it needs to fit into kind of the constraint and the context of their family unit, the people around them, et cetera. But getting women who are so used to taking care of everyone else and everything else to focus on themselves and to talk openly about what they want and they need to be happy is the nucleus of my practice. Do you, it seems odd to think that you find so many meter, women who are being chewed up and spat out by corporate life. Is, is that saying something about the way that or corporate life works? Is it not better for people to stay in that and change it from within? That's a great question. And it's, yes, I think it would be fantastic if we would have more change and it could happen more rapidly. But I feel like that has moved relatively slowly. I feel like since I stepped away, there are fantastic success stories of how organizations are changing themselves and how they are taking care of their employees. And I feel like it will continue to happen. But there is something a little sad about the fact that here in the United States, we really celebrate those people who, who put their nose to the grindstone and burn themselves out. It's not everywhere, but it's definitely still there. And that's the frustrating part. Hmm. I just wonder what it is that does that. Yeah. I just wonder if there's a streak of perfectionism in some people that That's burns exactly. them out. And that is a great, uh, that is a great comment, most certainly. But I feel like it's the expectations of the organizations too. And then people feel like, you know, I want to be a part of an organization. And if this organization says that I need to be available 24 seven, you know, via phone and they can text me over the weekend and do all of those things. If you want to stay, sometimes that's the game that you have to play. Mm. Yeah, fascinating. So Jen, um, if people want to know more about your work or get to get their pause on your book, 
uh, what's the best way they can do that? Yeah, absolutely. Come and visit me on my website at changeablecoaching.com. You can get a sneak peek of my book there. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn and Facebook. LinkedIn is Jennifer Crowley, Facebook as Changeable Coaching with Jennifer Crowley. Brilliant. And are you on all the sort of social networks and everything? Yes, yes. So Facebook and LinkedIn are the two that I'm on. So I know there's Instagram and a lot of other magnificent things out there, but it doesn't necessarily serve my purpose. So those are the best places to find me. Brilliant. Well, okay. Thank you so much for spending time with us tonight. That's really fascinating, isn't it? And uh, thank you for those tips on journaling as well. That's very useful. I, I, shall, I shall persevere and have another go. Give it a go. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And it was a pleasure to speak with you. Super. Okay, then. We've been talking to Jen Crowley at changeablecoaching.com and her book I think we said was called a fantastic title ever wish you got hit by a truck which I think is um it has to be one of the best titles of the year fantastic thank Jen, you Jen thanks for spending time with us today thank you so much hi everybody I hope you found that episode useful and interesting Feedback is always welcomed, and if you are in the mood to subscribe to us or even leave a comment on iTunes or Stitcher, that would be amazing. If you want to suggest ideas or even people you would like me to interview, then reach out to us at qedod.com forward slash contact. As I said earlier, you can go to qedod.com forward slash podcast for show notes or follow the links. And you can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and ebooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com, then search for Resilience Unraveled. I look forward to being in your ear next time around. Take care.